What's up guys, Rick here with another episode in my ongoing series about the business of fantasy sports. In this one, I'll discuss ways that you can go from zero followers or zero zero subscribers all the way to 1,000 followers or 1,000 subscribers and the techniques, tips, and tricks that you can use to accomplish that goal. I will remind you, the original audio here is from a Twitter space. You should follow me at Rick Rungood. That's where these take place and you can actually join in on the conversation if you catch me while they're live and the audio quality is not going to be as good as you're hearing right now or as you would expect in my other podcasts and YouTube videos. So keep that in mind, but otherwise, let's jump into it. I hope you enjoy. The idea or the topic that we are going to roll with tonight is essentially going from zero to 1,000 followers and followers is a loose term you could call it twitter followers instagram followers you could call it listeners to your podcast you could call it subscribers to your youtube channel call it whatever you want scaling from dead zero dead start to a thousand of something it's hard to do it is generally uh when most people give up, it is generally um, when they start questioning and doubting what they're doing. So hopefully this is just a little bit of, I don't want to say, but it's a, a do's and don'ts list that I have, um, that I've worked on for this evening. Now, why did I choose 1,000? Why 1,000? Well, it's a nice round number, obviously, so that, that certainly helps. But it is uh, the number of subscribers that you could get. Uh, when you get that on YouTube, you are able to monetize. So that is really a important benchmark if you're trying to turn this into a business or a side job, make a couple extra hundred bucks a month, a side hustle, whatever you want to call it. Being able to monetize obviously is going to be critically important. So that's why I chose 1000. And there's also uh, there's been, you know, I don't want to say they're studies. They're kind of like recommendations or guidelines that however many YouTube subscribers you have, specifically to YouTube, um, but this can be kind of translated into into other platforms, that you should be able to essentially make a dollar per month um, off of every single subscriber that you have. So if you have a, a thousand subscribers on YouTube, um, you in theory should be able to make a thousand dollars a month. It's obviously not life changing money, but it is something. It's probably honestly the the one percent. It's probably the top one percent of people who are just straight making content are getting paid because the vast majority of people are getting paid nothing. So making a thousand dollars a month is probably in the top one percent. Um, the other, the other idea around that is, um, you know, it goes from a thousand, from, from a a dollar per subscriber per month, and then, you know, maybe you turn that into every two weeks or or every week. And now you've got yourself a couple thousand dollars a month and you have yourself kind of a little bit, uh, a a side job or a side career. So that is why I chose 1000 in terms of monetization. And then of course, from a thousand to 10,000. It's there's no secret, right? There's no secret here, but I'm just gonna try try to go through as many of these uh, as I can. And if you want to join the conversation, don't be afraid to uh, give it a request. So here we go. The number one. Let's start with a do. Uh, do this. 
make yourself available everywhere. Sounds stupid, simple, but you'd be surprised uh, how rare this is. So, for example, if you have a podcast, put it on YouTube. Uh, because if it's not on YouTube, you're not gaining access to the Google search. It's hard to find podcasts. I've talked about talked about that in previous Twitter spaces. Put your podcast on YouTube. Put your YouTube videos, rip the audio, and make them into podcasts. Um, if you're creating a podcast, make sure it's available on Spotify, on Stitcher, in Apple. Uh, I, and, and that sounds harder than it actually is. It's incredibly simple. Do you send yourself uh, a hosting website? I use Audio Boom. It's like $10 a month. And it when I submit a podcast, it's out everywhere because you're going to have people who want to listen on Spotify, who want to listen on Stitcher, who want to listen just in Apple Podcasts. Uh, you would be stunned at the amount of people that are not in every single outlet is craziness. It's absolutely craziness. So uh, you set it up, you go to Audio Boom, you pay your 10 bucks a month, it blasts it out to everybody on all the platforms. I believe Anchor does the same thing. There's pl plenty of these. So making yourself available to everyone, making yourself searchable, obviously uh, is going to be important for getting more people to find you to start growing your follower base. Let's go to adult. When you're starting, uh, you don't have to reinvent the wheel for tags and keywords, okay? So if you're posting videos on YouTube, if you are um, uh, trying to figure out what your description and your title should be, type in fantasy football. Type in things that other people that you know are doing it. See what they're doing. Not only are they laying the blueprint for you, but you want to be recommended, Right. So if you are following a similar uh, a similar style of, of titles and descriptions and tags and keywords and things like that for someone else in the industry, well, when someone else watches their video and that video ends, maybe your video now gets recommended. Right. I don't think that you have to reinvent the wheel, especially to start. It's all good to innovate. I think you should be in, in your space. You should be innovating in your content. You should be innovating in your um, in kind of your ideas and your niches, but you you don't need to innovate on on some of this stuff, especially when you're trying to go from zero to one hundred. Because quite honestly, this is where most people give up. That's my next don't. My next don't is don't stop after one month. I I cannot even begin to describe the number of emails that I get. I got a Twitter DM. I think it was yesterday. Right? Same thing. It's basically like, uh, actually, the Twitter DM I got it was it was uh, phrased quite nicely. I think it said, "You know, I've been I've been doing this this podcast. My listenership it, it's pretty much plateaued. It's pretty much stagnant. I'm not sure how to necessarily grow it." I get some version of that email or some version of that DM every single day, and it is, "Hey, I tried to do this. I get ten views a week, and." Uh, I, I, I'm, you know, I don't know what to do. Some of them are even crazier. Some of them are like, why am I not rich yet? Why have I not gone viral yet? Why can't I quit my job yet? Not being uh, prepared to 
consistently be going, to be consistent, to go for a year, see what happens after a year, is setting yourself up for failure. About this one. This one I kind of like. And this one was hard for me to start. A big do for growing your followers or your subs from zero to 1,000 is putting your name and face behind it. Think about that. Uh, When I started... Uh, my Twitter handle, everything was DFS on demand. It was a picture of a logo. Uh, my, my logo was my avatar. And there is, especially now in 2021, as we enter 2022, something inauthentic about that, right? There is a connection that you can make with people by using your real name. Uh, which I know scares a lot of people, but quite honestly, if you're already on the internet, if you're already, uh, you already have a Twitter account, like it's all out there anyway, if if people want to find out who you are. Um, Having a face to the name, having a real name creates connections. It's, it's really crazy. And I catch myself doing this all the time. You know, um, I'm, I, you know, someone will tweet at me and it'll be like NFL picks nine, seven, five, two, two. And I'm like, I don't, I don't. I don't take I don't take this guy seriously, right? Like, like if you were serious, if you were trying to do your best at this, you would put your face and your name behind it. And I know a lot of people who um, have to flip that switch. It's kind of scary at first, but trust me, it's uh, not really that big of a deal. And I, um, I really think it helps you with authenticity, growing a following, and getting people to recognize you, right? Like. If you're just another logo in the crowd, uh, it, it, you look like every other logo. It's hard for people to decipher. There are a lot of people who only know you, especially on Twitter, like by what your avatar is, uh, which is, I, I, I was going to say it's crazy, but it makes sense. We're very, we're very visual creatures. Don't waste your time. Sorry. Let me stop right there. I'm going to go to the other side first. Okay. Okay. Uh, do ask others to come on your show and vice versa. So this is uh, essentially proven to be probably the best way to grow your own audience. Your best way to grow your own network is to tap into others' networks. Now, that does not mean uh, day one on your NFL podcast do you slide into Matthew Barry's DMs and try to get him to come on your show? Uh, that will probably be very unsuccessful. If you can make it happen, great. You're off to a really great start. But you can kind of chip up here, right? If you have 100 followers, 100 listeners, can you get on a show with 500? Can you get on a show with 1,000? Can you have them on your show, right? Can you offer them a platform to promote their things, even if it is to just a couple of hundred other people. Uh, Because you know when they come on, someone comes on your show with a different network, then they're going to be out there promoting it for you. They're going to introduce you to a different network, what I think would be an ideal world. So for me, I'm obviously kind of in this kind of all-encompassing golf world. I very much live in DFS embedding and there's a great group of guys and everybody kind of knows each other and the followings are generally 
all very much overlapped. Well, if I can just step out just a little bit, if I can step a little bit into maybe instruction or, or maybe into interviews or maybe talk about course architecture, I'm close enough to my market that I'm also going to get introduced to a lot of people who might be interested in fantasy, who might be interested in betting. And of course, I know they're already interested in golf. So tapping into other people's networks when it makes sense. It doesn't make sense as a football podcast to try to go out and, I don't know, bring on a scientist, right? That's obviously a crazy a crazy way to frame it, but um, it really is proven to be the best way to grow your show. And you can, here's the other dirty little secret offer to go on someone else's show, offer to go on someone else's show. The, the people who are already creating content are generally always hungry for more, more content and booking guests is the hardest thing. It's time consuming. You have to worry about schedules. You have to make sure that that is uh, available and they have the right technology. Like it's not easy to do, but offering yourself up to come on a show and making it easy for that person. Great. Now you get in front of a new audience, right? This goes both ways. So the, the, the opposite side of this, the don't that goes into this is don't waste the other person's time when you finally get them. And that goes both ways. If you go on their show, make sure you're ready. Have a good background. Make sure your mic is set up. You're getting one crack at having, uh, that giving a good impression to someone else's audience. And you want them to say, wow, that person was great. They were ready to go on time. They didn't waste my time. Their mic sounded good. They were clear. They were prepared. I'd like to have them back. Like that's the impression that you want to be giving. And, and the opposite as well. If you do get someone to come on your show and really you're, you're almost using them to tap into their network. Don't waste their time. Don't make it harder than it has to be. Right. There are, there have been plenty of times where I've gone on other shows and I'm not exaggerating. It takes 35 minutes for, the guys to get set up and get started. And it's like, it's frustrating, right? Like, let's go, let's do this. Let's rock and roll. Um, this, all of this stuff, all of this setup could have been done prior. So that, that's not something that makes me necessarily want to go back on a show. Make, does it make me want want to, you know, throw out a promotion and be like, Hey, this, this was really great. I really enjoyed this. If it wasn't a great experience for me. So it, it really does. Uh, go both ways and and content it's a two-way street you can offer content to somebody else they can offer content to you you can tap into each other's networks and you can um and you can constantly be growing your audience if you're looking to get involved like jeff is right right now and i'm going to bring jeff up here uh jeff first of all happy festivus bud good to see you Happy Festivus for the rest of us, buddy. Thank you. I got, I got a lot of problems any... with you, and you're going to hear them. Are you, are, you here to, are you here to air your grievances? No, I, 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 want, I want to ask a question, actually. Sure. So uh, you're talking about growing a following here. How do you know when it's right to uh, start monetizing 
that, right? So you, you know, you're trying to grow your following. You're probably offering something up for free, trying to show your value. When do you know to flip that switch and, and try to start monetizing? So, so great question. Um, I, I probably did it wrong. So when I first started and I had the website, my website was, was a paid website from day one on, even though I knew a lot of people weren't on it or nobody, I knew that nobody was on it because I did not want to have a situation where I finally grew a following. I finally grew people, uh, who were, who were interested in my content or my data or whatever it is. And then I said, okay, now, now you have to pay for it. that. That was a tough pill for me to swallow. And I thought it would be a tough pill for others to swallow. Um, in, in other mediums, like once you get to a thousand, uh, subscribers on YouTube, you should probably flip your ads on. I waited way too long. I probably waited. I just did it. I think this year was the first time I did it. And because I thought I was selling out on ads when really nobody cares, like nobody gives a shit at all. It's just like, you're going to watch your two eight second ads or whatever. And everybody's going to move on. I do it. You do it. Everybody does it. Um, but it is a, it is a really tough conversation to have, Jeff, but I, I would also – I also think that now we're in a world where you've got Patreon and you've got other things where if you were offering free content to start, you could keep your free – you could keep that content free, not alienate your followers, your listeners, your subscribers, but just offer something else, an add-on that is paid. One more episode a week, one more article a week, whatever whatever it is so that you're kind of dipping into, into your, your, your paid stuff as well. Yeah. I've seen that a lot with uh, like newsletters that I subscribe to, you know, you can either choose the weekly version for free or the daily version, so on and so forth. So uh, definitely seeing that model more often. Yeah. And, and at, at scale, you know, three bucks a month for a newsletter or whatever, Ever from your favorite beat writer like that's nothing three bucks a month but he's got you know a thousand people to do he's making fifteen thousand bucks a month or something like that like it scales very very quickly on the internet yep all right that's all thanks, thanks. bud see ya um okay let's talk about twitter following real quick here this is uh to me one of the best ways to grow Twitter followers, which I know is important for everybody. I know that uh, not only is it useful for eventually monetizing this, but also vanity, right? Everybody wants more Twitter followers. People are willing to buy Twitter followers, right? Which I would obviously never recommend that you do because it's going to screw up all your recommendations and all that stuff. It's not worth it. Uh, interact with people on Twitter. Stupid right? Here, here's, here's what you do. Uh, you get involved in the conversation. You reply to people in your network and you ask good questions. Ask follow-up questions about things that they are posting. Um, here's a really easy one. And I don't know if we have any in the chat. I know um, we had a couple before. If, if you're in the golf world or, okay, I'll, I'll start in the golf world and then maybe we can work our way out. Uh, the dirty little secret to get people to retweet your content is tag the tracker accounts. Yes, that's right. When when I have a graphic about um, 
Victor Hovland, Jordan Spieth, Xander Shoffley. You know who I tag? Uh, Spieth Legion, Xander Shoffley tracker accounts. They'll retweet anything. They will retweet anything associated with their guys and get you in front of a larger audience. And if you show value, hey, I, maybe this is something I'm interested in. I need to, uh, I need to follow this person. I'll give them a follow. I throw follows to a lot of people if I see something that's interesting. You know, use that stuff to your advantage. And I'm sure that exists in other sports too. I'm sure there are NFL accounts that are retweeting trends and retweeting injuries and retweeting uh you know little stat nuggets whatever like whatever that looks like for you use these people use them to your advantage they're essentially aggregators if you're sitting there with zero followers like going from zero to one is almost impossible going from uh one to two incredibly difficult right like one, you got to get the ball rolling here so take advantage of those who are always willing to share content give them relevant content happen to their audiences on the flip side do not constantly shill and self-promote yourself this is by far the most annoying it is unfortunately incredibly prevalent in the nft space right now when i did that nft uh twitter space with epat and skyler uh i think that was last week I have received probably 30 DMs from NFT accounts, uh, replies about just like, check out my project. Like there is, there is zero chance I'm checking out your project, right? Like the, the straight up, we have never interacted before in our entire lives. Please follow me. Please check this out. It is, um, not, first of all, it's silly, but it's 2021. It's almost 2022. People get right you're not fooling anybody it's it's it is just uh horrible to be a part of and i do not recommend that you get involved and i and i see it out there right hey give me a follow I, like i post this stuff all the time give me a follow you don't have to say that right people know what you're put they can click your profile just just do it the right way add value see how far it can possibly take you um graphics are really good for this right graphics are easy because you can tag a lot of people in them on Twitter, right? I think you can tag 10 people on, on, on one, uh, Twitter graphic, have that tweeted out. People get notifications. Once they're notified, they're almost certainly looking at it. You tag people who are going to share it and you give yourself an opportunity to get in front of as many people as possible. Chad in the chat, uh, you're hot, man. Welcome. Chad, unmute yourself. Dude, I'm an amateur at this. Okay, unmuted. Hey, buddy. Did it work? NFTs. Yeah, you're good. NFTs. You brought up NFTs. Now, I changed my profile picture to an NFT. I see that. Is this a me, actually? This might have, I've already received text messages like from other humans in this community that are in this chat. Why did you do this? Are you a fool? And I'm like, I don't know if I am. Am I? Is this a bad idea? Am I alienating my existing audience by trying to have some fun in the off season here right around Christmas? So, you know who did a really good job with this? Um, Eric Patterson did a really good job with this. He took his existing profile pic 
and like it made it look like there was a frame in the background and put his like board ape or whatever oh, into it. Which, yeah, which is a nice nod to his NFT that he's very proud of, mm-hmm. but also you still know it's him. Oh. And, and listen, NFTs they're just they're just polarizing, right? Chat like, people are gonna be like, you're clown and others are going to be like wow this guy gets it so i I, it's tough i i thought i dabbled because it is kind of there there gets a point in your twitter growth that you hit a little bit of a wall and maybe you want to reach out to different communities or you want to have a little fun here or there to try to tap into more people to ask questions because i think the the biggest thing maybe you you can get to this later but it's it's about almost trying to get a little FOMO, a little bit of like, who's this guy? What's this guy all about? What's going on? Does he love an NFT? Is he really an NFT, bro? Maybe I got to discover who this is. Passively checking this Chad guy's tweets out, and all of a sudden he's <laughs> into the NFTs that I'm into? <gasps> Maybe we're friends. So I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. Uh, just doing it for fun. But I don't know, because I'm getting, I'm getting a little shit for it. Uh, and it's kind of like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know if maybe I, I alienated some people at the same time. So I'll hang up and listen, but I appreciate your uh, spaces. This is fun. Yeah, I I appreciate you, Chad. Uh, I think that quite honestly, the people who are giving you shit are probably the vocal minority and it's not that big of a deal. I just, I don't necessarily like changing my avatar, um, just be, just for branding purposes. Like I literally had to check because like in this Twitter space, it's, you know, you're listed as Chad ECK. And I'm like, oh, I think that's Chad Chad. And I was like, but that's not his profile pic, right? So it was, it was tough for me to immediately recognize you, which I think is a mistake. So I, I would personally try to find uh, the Eric Patterson route. So I'd go, go look up his profile. I think he's got, he's still has his original uh, his original profile pic, I know it's him, and then he's got his his NFT hanging in the Brett background, which I thought was um, I thought was a really great idea. So good luck. Uh, okay, here's a big one, and this kind of goes hand in hand with my rant, my crazy person rant about stopping after a month or people that give up way too quickly. Be consistent on scheduling. Now, I did not say record two shows a day. I did not say that. I said be consistent on scheduling. What does that look like for you? If you have a full-time job, if you uh, only have two nights a week to do something, that's okay. But those are your two nights. So that people know uh, when it's Tuesday at 5 p.m., I'm going to get a lot live show from so-and-so. Um, half the battle is training people to click onto your content or to go watch your content at the same time every day, at the same time every week. You get them to form habits. Once they form the habit of your community, once they're in your community, they're going to start, uh, you know, start, start to be a potentially a raving fan for you. They're going to be a referrer. They're going to be, uh, 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 you know, an apostle for you, right? This, th- that, that's what you're trying to build and having the same time, same place, um, every single week or 
every single month, whatever it looks like for you is important. I do my best to get my Monday DFS preview out within an hour or so after salaries are released. That's when people know they're going to find it. Then I've got the same Tuesday show. I've got my Wednesday live chat. Like it's just very, very consistent. I'm not, I I know where I'm going to be and people know where I'm going to be constantly bouncing around um, is a recipe for disaster. And it kind of goes hand in hand with avoiding, I don't know how else to put avoiding like down weeks. So this is, this is very specific to golf, but I imagine that there are other sports and other industries that are going into similar lulls. Golf has lulls in the schedule, the fall portion of the schedule, which battles football. And then, and before you get to the major championship season, you have a couple months as we lean into it. And I will often see people who say, okay, well, um, you know, that was championship. I'll see you guys in January. Well, there's that you just skipped on 10 events and I'm not saying you have to work every day. I don't want you to have to work every day. I want you to create your own schedule, but s- skipping events or skipping, it, w- it would be like taking off weeks 13, 14 and 15 of the NFL season. Um, don't you think people who are hungry for content are going to go find somebody else to listen to? Yeah, probably. So if you're able to commit to a schedule, a, a consistent schedule, hopefully that is going to be uh, a really good way to continue to get the same people. The same people will give you an opportunity to, to grow it into a larger audience. I have a couple more here. Let's see. I've got... Um, I probably have two more do's and one more do not. We're about 30 minutes in. So if there are any questions, concerns, or comments, speak now or forever hold your peace. Give me a request. I'll bring you up here because I've probably just got a few minutes left. Uh, Here's an interesting one. You should repurpose as much of your work as possible. This is always, when people start, uh, a very daunting task. They're going to sit down. They only have an hour a week. They're going to sit down and record a podcast. They're going to create a YouTube video. They're going to do something like that. Well, that hour, if you've done it correctly, can create more than just an hour's worth of content, right? Maybe it's an hour-long YouTube video that you rip the audio from and post as an hour-long podcast. Now I have a podcast, and now I have a video. Maybe you can cut that hour up into uh, clips that you can post on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or anywhere else where maybe shorter-form stuff is more consumable. Maybe your hour-long preview has natural segments in it, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends that can be cut into four different videos and posted throughout the week so that people who when they're searching just want to get the running back rankings find you very quickly and get a consumable product from you that is one hour worth of work that if you have done correctly you could probably create multiple hours worth of content and using your ability to be as efficient as possible at the start is the only way you're going to turn this from zero to 1,000 from making zero dollars to turning this into an income 
or potentially a full-time job. Z, I see your request. I've accepted your request. Uh, unmute yourself and uh, welcome. Hello, Z. You are on the stage. And you are off the stage, okay? No problem there. Z has removed himself from the stage. I get a, a lot of emails about people who want to start blogs, websites, YouTube, podcasts, whatever. I've already mentioned the most common email that I get, which is I've started and I'm not rich yet. The second most common one that I get is, hey, Rick, I'm looking to do a podcast or a YouTube channel or whatever. Do you have any advice from me? I've planned out all of my content for the first two months. Here's my schedule. Here's what I'm going to do and just lay out this whole plan. And they're basically paralyzed by preparation and never start. They never, ever start. I actually have uh, I, years ago, I have, a, I have a buddy who did this exact thing. We sat down for weeks. We got a website ready for him. He was ready, but he was, ne it was never perfect enough. Right. And he was never willing to pull the trigger and start. And he was always thinking about things uh, that he would improve. And he, he never, never started. It never got off the ground. And you should be embarrassed by some of the first content that you create, some of the first things that you do. Go back and watch my first videos. They're astonishingly, astonishingly horrible. And I'm okay with that, right? Because I was able to get in the space, learn what works for me, what doesn't work for me, uh, learn, learn what people are, are interested in, what they're not interested in, instead of just trying to guess right and and plan myself into uh you know this 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 never ending cycle of trying to constantly improve before i launch so do not let whether it's embarrassment whether it is not being ready whether it is planning do not let that stop you go out there make some content hopefully you look back in a month and it's horrible hopefully you look back in 2 months and your stuff from a month was horrible hopefully i look back in six months and say the stuff that I'm creating right now stinks. That's what I want to say because I will be constantly making improvements and I'm happy to do it on the fly as, as opposed to just doing it behind my keyboard and hope, hopefully eventually uh, uh, assuming that I'm having a perfect content. All right, last thing for me. So happy to continue this conversation if anybody wants to pop up, but this is the last one for me on the do's, the do category, the do side. And it's kind of simple and stupid, but do tell people to comment, like, and subscribe. I hate it. I hate doing it. I hate saying it. I hate asking for it. But you know what? It works. And, and every single time I do, people do it. You just gotta, you just gotta what you want. Hey, can you hit that like button for me? It'll take five seconds. Hey, can you subscribe? That'd be really cool. It would help me a lot. Um, I try to be real cool, calm, and casual with it. One, because I hate asking for it. And two, it's it's not really that big of a deal. But you got to tell people what you want. And then you're just playing the game, right? So, 
So those likes that you're asking likes are allowing YouTube, for example, to put you in front of more people. Um, those comments and replying to comments helps with the algorithm, right? To get you in front of, of other people. Um, obviously subscribing, make sure that people are coming back. It, it, it's the stupidest, most simple, most overplayed thing, but it is that way because it actually works. Uh, Brian, I'm pulling you up uh, on stage right now. You're ready to go whenever you Hey, Rick, how are you? It's, it's Brian. I hope you have a, a wonderful holiday season. I appreciate these space. spaces. They've been a really great. Uh, something that I want to say, and um, I've grown a, a nice following over the past year and just some advice I want to give that I think anybody can do is that it's always great to post about your personal life and things that you're doing and things you're interested in going out for a round of golf anything I think it's not all about posting pics and content I think sometimes people want to follow people that they relate to and uh, I just think that that's an easy thing if you're trying to grow your following what you're doing that night I think think that it's another great way to build a more personable with uh, the people that follow you. Yeah, that's a great point, Brian. I mean, you're it's it's human nature to follow people that you like. I mean, it, it, it do you, do you do you find yourself personally following more people that you are making a, that connection with? Yeah, no. Uh, I think it's really important and like all these people that I've met and my and that follow me like I really consider them my good friends and it's it's nice to bond over things that aren't just your picks for the upcoming tournament and it could just be you know a round of golf or you know how you're doing gambling that week so I just think that it's nice to not always think of yourself as a content creator and